0: Hi, and welcome to CAP Times Talks. I'm Eric Lawrenson. Today, we're bringing you something a bit different, the first mayoral debate of the 2019 election organized by the CAP Times. Earlier this week, about 600 people filled the Barrymore Theater to watch six candidates give their takes on municipal issues of the day, from affordable housing and climate change to transportation and racial equity. All of the candidates in the race were present, including Raj Shukla.
1: I'm the son of immigrants who showed me that you can do anything with the support of a strong community and with a lot of
2: hard work.
0: Mo Cheeks.
2: I love Madison. It's a fantastic place to live in, to raise a family in. Um, And yet, we all know that that's not true for everyone. Nick Hart. I think that... The city gets away claiming to be
3: progressive when, in all honesty, when only 10 to 20 percent of the populace is voting in mayoral primaries. Toriana Petaway.
4: What Madison is not doing for all of our residents and communities is really bringing new innovative ideas for all of our citizens in this community.
0: Sadia Rhodes-Conway.
4: I believe that I have the experience and the vision
5: to come up with the solutions that Madison needs and to implement them.
0: And the incumbent, Mayor Paul Soglin.
6: We're serious about high speed rail. We need pressure on the state government. We need your support in attaining that goal. If we're going to reform the juvenile justice system, you have to get involved.
0: Moderating the debate were Cap Times editors Jason Joyce and Katie Dean. Just a quick note on the format here, candidates were not given a lot of time to answer their questions, so when you hear some of them drop off mid-sentence, it's because their allotted time for that question had run out. Without any further ado, here's the first debate of the 2019 Madison mayoral race.
7: And with that, we'll begin with opening remarks. We ask that you hold your applause until after all of the candidates have made their statements. Let's get started. Raj, Shukla, you have one minute.
1: Madison, we are what we do. My name is Raj Shukla. I'm the son of immigrants who showed me that you can do anything with the support of a strong community and with a lot of hard work. I chair the city's Sustainable Madison Committee, which has led Madison to commit to 100% renewable energy. And I'm the executive director of a statewide water policy organization. I'm asked to articulate a vision. I'm asked to lead a team. And I am asked to make difficult decisions that uh, affect the lives of employees, of uh, members, thousands of them across the state, and local groups fighting for clean water. And we have tough choices ahead of us. Housing is less affordable than ever, transportation system is broken, and racial divisions divide us. But we are what we do, and together, we can make a Madison that is sustainable, equitable, and vibrant for all of us.
2: My name is Mo Cheeks, and I love this city. I love Madison, it's a fantastic place to live in, to raise a family in, Um, and yet, We all know that that's not true for everyone. In fact, it's most commonly not true for people that look like me. I'm running for mayor of Madison to take on this persistent reputation that we've developed as a tale of two cities. I'm running to ensure that Madison is an increasingly inclusive, innovative and safe city for everyone who chooses to call this place home. As an alder on the city council representing the most diverse district ranging from Nacoma to Allied Drive, as a minority business leader in this city, uh, as a past tutor in our schools, and as a father, these issues are personal to me. It's time that Madison have a new mayor. It's time that we have a mayor with a sense of urgency to take on these challenges and bring our community together in order to do it. I'm ready for the job. Nick Hart. Well done. Um, <laughs> I'm Nick Hart, I'm a comedian.
3: I, um, I, am, I ran for mayor in 2011, uh, I ran, I'm running now, just to learn the process of municipal politics. Um, I think that the city gets away claiming to be progressive when, in all honesty, when only 10 to 20% of the populace is voting in mayoral primaries It's not good. This is impressive. give up for you guys for coming out and supporting this. This is awesome. Uh, It's a lot more than I thought was going to show up. But that's why I'm running. To learn it. I'm dyslexic, so i got to learn by jumping in and just doing. And uh, I just want to bring new ideas and try to get more people involved in the process uh, that is our municipal uh, politics in Madison. That's it. I'm out of time.
7: Okay. You ready to wrap it up? Okay. Uh, Toriana Petaway.
4: Good evening. My name is Torianna Petaway, and we are all Madison. And as your next mayor for the city of Madison, what I want to bring to Madison, which is very forward and very progressive, is innovative ideas from a grassroots perspective. What Madison is not doing for all of our residents and communities is really bringing new innovative ideas for all of our citizens in this community. I believe that this is a wonderful community. And one of the things that I want to be able to do is improve our transportation system, is bring about affordable housing for all of our residents. I want to increase public safety and from a shared prosperity equitable way of having these things for all of you from where you stand and from an informed way that you can inform us on how government could be better done civically. These are things that I think that has to be done differently and I have the experience to do it. I am your next mayor.
7: Thank you. Satya Rhodes-Conway.
5: Thanks, Katie and Jason, and thanks to all of you for being here tonight. It's great to see such a good turnout. My name is Satya Rhodes Conway, and I'm running for mayor because everyone in Madison should have the opportunity to thrive. I moved here almost 20 years ago for an internship, and it took me approximately a month to fall in love with the city. I've been here ever since. I served for six years on the city council, I'm currently appointed to the Madison Food Policy Council, and I chair the Oscar Mayer Strategic Assessment Committee. And my day job for the past 13 years, I have run the Mayor's Innovation Project, which is a national learning network for mayors and their senior staff focused on the high road of equity, sustainability, and democracy. I believe that I have the experience and the vision to come up with the solutions that Madison needs and to implement them. I ask for your vote, and I hope that I'll convince you on this uh, by the end of the night. I ask for your vote on February 19th. Thank you. And Paul Soglin.
6: Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here tonight. As mayor, I can work with the Obama administration and now the Evers administration to increase enrollment in affordable health care plans. As mayor, I can negotiate agreements with companies like Exact Science which is a condition for their TIF, has to provide a minimum wage of $15 an hour, health insurance, and provide a pension. As mayor, I can work with other cities around the country in challenging the corporate dark money that's bought the FCC and is now jeopardizing net neutrality. But there are so many other things that you have to be involved in. If we're serious, about high-speed rail. We need pressure on the state government. We need your support in attaining that goal. If we're going to reform the juvenile justice system, something that's controlled by the state and the county, you have to get involved. If we're going to do something with education, it's the same thing. Thank you.
8: Thank you. Uh, We will move on to our first round of questions, but First of all, there's some people I see standing in the back. There are seats available in the balcony. They're going fast, but there are some seats up there, and there are just a couple seats up front too. So if you'd like to sit, there are seats available, and um, get to know your neighbors a little bit tonight. Um, This is a great turnout. Thank you very much uh, for all of you for showing up. The question round, just to review, every uh, candidate will get a unique question. They'll have a minute to answer. Other candidates can weigh in by holding up a card. They'll get five chances to do that during the course of the night. They'll get 30 seconds um, if they wanna chime in. Um, Our first question of the night goes to Mo Cheeks. Mo, on your campaign website, you say that as mayor, you will fight for a forward-focused economy that grows and diversifies Madison's middle class. What does forward-focused economy mean, and can you outline a specific policy proposal to accomplish that?
2: That's that's an awesome question. Thanks for asking. Um, one of the things that uh, Madison finds itself is is poised for growth in the new economy. So many communities would kill to be as well positioned as we are as we continue to grow and diversify um, in, as a city, but specifically into the new economy. As mayor, we have a ton of opportunity um, to be, a, I, I, as mayor I would have a, a unique opportunity to be a cheerleader for growth in this new economy, but specifically ensuring that companies that are committed to our community are investing in our community. They're making commitments to our uh, our residents to ensure that they're they're creating upward mobility. One of the things that we just simply can't continue to see is employees um, struggling to be able to survive while working one or two jobs. And as our community continues to change, as the economy continues to change, folks simply can't. Thank
8: you. We see a card over there from uh, Satya Rhodes-Conway.
5: Thank you. My approach to economic development looks a lot more like community development. I believe that it's great that Madison is as prosperous as it is, but that prosperity needs to be shared. We need to remove barriers to employment by helping folks, for example, get their driver's licenses back. Um, And we need to support small and local businesses because small business is where the biggest job growth is. We can do that by providing transportation and childcare solutions uh, so that it's easier for folks to get employed and stay employed.
8: Toriana Petaway, is that a card from you as well?
4: Oh, number one, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I would like to add to that. It's not enough just to have employers invest and have upward mobility. One of the things that I would do in my administration is um, partner collaboratively um, you have to make sure that not only are you encouraging em- employment into the workplace, but you also have to have real strategies to retain employees once they get there. It's not enough just to give a person a job, but you have to have strategies to retain employees once they get there. What are the workforce equity strategies that you're collaborating with with employees?
8: Oh Cheeks, you have 30 seconds if you need to respond.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Um, so in our community, we see an um, increase in the growth of our population, the diversification of our population. Uh, Madison simply needs to be a place where folks know that they can live safely, they can live with dignity, and uh, our employers in this city uh, are going to need to continue to invest in our community, specifically at the youngest ages. When I talk to kids in, in, uh, across the community, they say, I just, I just need a job, I just need the opportunity to be able to help pay the bills. Um, that shouldn't be the case.
8: Thank you. Nick Hart. Oh boy. In a recent interview, you said, quote, I'm a teachable moment. You, <laughs> indicating the voters, um, better get involved or else you'll get somebody like me. Correct. So,
3: y'all are laughing, but our question
8: is: um, If people, but if people are inspired by your campaign, doesn't it stand to reason that they might actually vote for you? Can you clarify uh, your message to voters right here? Do you want their votes or don't you?
3: (laughs) Nobody in here is voting for me. But most people in Madison aren't here. So the people that are going to vote for me are all sitting on a bar stool somewhere watching the game and all I just have to remind them the day before. So that's what I meant by that. If you want to vote for me, I mean, like, I'm here. Because I'm a comedian, they're like, oh, this is a joke campaign. I'm a comedian. I take joking very seriously. So I am serious about it. I don't need that 30 seconds. I'm done.
7: (laughs) Hey, Raj?
1: I actually think you're making a good point. A lot of people in this city aren't voting in elections like this one or the one that happened just in fall, despite all the success we saw here in Madison. A lot of people around the state aren't. Um, Part of what our role has to be as a leader of this city is to provide the inspiration and give people a sense of agency that they're actually gonna be able to make a difference with their vote. I hope that as part of this campaign, we can show you that being a part of this city will actually show results, will actually help us create the place that we wanna be in.
4: Toriana, okay. I absolutely agree with Nick. This is a teachable moment, and and that's what civic engagement is, and I don't take what Nick is absolutely saying um, lightly. Um, we do need to bring back grassroots efficacy to back back to um, um, politics and back to our community. Residents need to understand that this is your government, and your opinions and your ideas matter. And that's what being engaged is all about. We are here for you, and so what you're saying is your opinions absolutely do matter.
7: Okay, thank you. Uh, the next question is for Toriana. You are the city's first racial equity coordinator. What has been your biggest accomplishment in that job, and what challenges have you faced?
4: Um, That's a wonderful question. Thank you. Um, As the racial equity coordinator for the city of Madison, um, one of our biggest accomplishments, um, actually this past year, we passed a resolution to have all of our department um, heads, elected officials, and budget analysts um, take what is the racial equity and social justice initiative um, equity analysis, have them go through a four-hour training on all of our racial equity tools. And what's very significant about this is that um, all of our departments are required to do three uh, racial equity analyses a year, and that is a mandate. And so from January to July 174 um, elected officials, uh, department heads, had to be trained um, in the city, and I was able to accomplish that with um, my team of 32 facilitators, and we were very successful at completing that task, and that's very huge um, in the city of Madison. Thank you, would anyone like to respond?
7: All right, we'll move on to Satya Rhodes-Conway. In a video on your website, a supporter says you don't just talk the talk when it comes to equity, you walk the walk. How? What's something you've accomplished that has made Madison a more equitable place to live, specifically for people of color?
5: Thanks, it's a great question. Um, in my day job uh, at UW, we focus on city policy through three lenses, and one of them is equity, sustainability and democracy are the others. So I bring that lens to all the policy work that I do, all the policy work I did on the council and certainly on the Food Policy Council. Um, There's plenty of examples that I could pick from, but let me just talk about our work uh, with the Oscar Mayer Strategic Assessment Committee. We just uh, wrapped up our report and we are getting it approved through committees now. And one of our top priorities was to ask the question of if we, are, if we are completely successful with redevelopment on that site, what are the potential downsides for our vulnerable communities? How do we think about gentrification? How do we think about anti-displacement measures? And what is it that the city needs to do to make sure that we mitigate for those potential downsides and keep the north side around the Oscar Mayer site affordable?
8: Mo Cheeks, you have a card up?
2: I spoke earlier about uh, the need for the city to be able to work for more people. One of the first experiences I had on the city council was having a family come to me and say, uh, with the reconstruction on Verona Road, bus services might get cut in our city Um, and uh, ensure, I'm sorry, in our neighborhood, and ensuring that that bus service got kept was one of the first actions I was able to take on the council. Since then, um, we've uh, invested in uh, closing the food desert in Allied. We've invested in um, uh, paid family leave for all of our city employees. Um, These small steps are the types of things that we need to be taking. Thank you. Thank you.
8: Uh, Torianna Petaway.
4: So on both the paid family leave and for the Oscar Mayer project, I sat on both of those racial equity analysis and led them. I also trained the Oscar Mayer committee on the racial equity, racial equity analysis process and what it is to be equitable Um, in the city of Madison and so those are things that I want to do um, not just on a one-time basis but in all of our policies and procedures and in all of our equitable development our transportation and our housing and public safety not just in from a lens.
8: Thank you. (laughs) Seeing no yellow cards we will move on to a question to Paul Soglin. Many critics have said that while Madison is a great place to live if you're white, the city has struggled with pervasive racial disparities, some of them among the worst in the country. Given that you have been mayor for 22 of the last 46 years, why are you the right person to lead for change in this area?
6: Thank you. Can I start? Can I start? When I left office in 1997, the disparity, for example, in median income between whites and African-Americans was quite small, far smaller than it was in 2011 when I returned to office. The Race to Equity report that came out in 2013 is based on data from 2011. The data that we now have that came out from the latest reports for 2017 show significant changes that unfortunately are not appreciated. And I'm very disappointed that people continue to rely on the 2011 data. And that in turn undermines the progress that we've made and it fails to recognize Good solid programs and how effective they are.
8: Toriana Petaway, you, you only have, have one more challenge remaining after this one, Toriana.
4: Um, even if we don't use the data from the Race to Equity report, ten, five years prior to that, the Urban League put out a report that no one ever even acknowledged. And so we really need to start looking at what communities of color. Recognize is disparities in our community. It took a white organization to produce information about black and brown communities and the disparities in this community that had been long existent in our current administration for all um, elected administrations under our current mayor.
8: Sachi Rhodes Conway, you're next.
5: I'm, I'm not going to use one of mine. No, you're
8: passing. Okay. I
5: was going to reclaim my 30 second rebuttal, but that's
2: okay. Uh, Mo Cheeks. Thank you. Um, uh, The only two socioeconomic demographics that have grown uh, appreciably in the past 10 years are households making more than $100,000 a year and households making less than $30,000 a year. And unfortunately, we know that those fall too often along racial lines. Um, Our city has a value of equality, um, one where everyone is going to have the opportunity to be able to thrive, and yet we know for a fact that that's not happening. Um, and so, uh, it's going to require new leadership and new levels of collaboration in order to get that done.
8: Thank you. Any other yellow cards there before we revisit a... Nick Hart.
3: I think it really comes down to this city has to be honest with itself and admit that it is racist. It's... it's I'm from Spartanburg, South Carolina, and everyone, ah, the South is racist. Like, I've never, I've never witnessed racism down South like it is up here. So.
1: Uh, Raj Shukla. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the mayor's interest in academic accuracy. Um, <laughs> but I look at this as a person of color, and I look at this as a father of a child with a disability. And... Uh, this is a different angle on the social equity and and equity issues that we face, but um, the urgency with which my daughter feels the threat of being ignored, the threat of being marginalized, the threat of actual abuse is, um, it is real time. It is every day and it is oppressive. And I don't think that we can simply shrug off the real lived experiences of people today.
6: Thank you.
8: Paul Soglin, you have 30 seconds.
6: When I ran for election in 2011, the key focus of that campaign was poverty and the equity challenges our community faced. You'll recall my opponent in that election said, there were no troubled neighborhoods in Madison. I'm very grateful for the report that came out in 2013 because it did so much to raise the level of discussion about the issue. Now, we've completed 1,000 units of affordable. Thank you.
8: <laughs> All right, Raj Shukla, last question of round one. Uh, Raj, your background as, is in environmental advocacy and your current job is executive director of a nonprofit organization, but you don't have any experience in municipal government. What has prepared you for the demands of being a government executive? That's not true.
1: I chair a city okay, committee, and I think we are one of the only committees that's actually written legislation, built coalitions, and passed legislation through the Common Council. I appreciate that, uh, I appreciate that there are those maybe on this stage who believe that the only experience that is valid is experience uh, within the system that as it exists right now. I actually think I bring to this race, something quite different, and that are new ideas, bigger ideas that aren't confined to the imagination of politicians.
8: Do we have any yellow cards on that one?
7: All right, let's uh, give a round of applause to our candidates after the first round of questions. We're gonna lighten the mood a little bit. Our lightning round is next, where candidates will answer a series of quick, more informal questions. Nick Hart, you're first, and then we will move down the row and around. All right, you've got $20 to spend on a date in Madison.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think I go out with?
7: Should we move along? Was there a question? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 20 bucks uh, for a date uh, in Madison. Where do you go? $20. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the lightning round. I, under-
3: <laughs> I understand that. I understand the question. $20. Where are you going with $20? Uh, the caribou. All right. Winslow knows me there. I'll be treated fairly.
4: Toriana Padaway. Uh, I would go to Takara and ask for them to lend me a piece of sushi.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Satya. I'd take my partner Amy out for drinks at Old Sugar Distillery. We'd have enough to leave a nice tip for the bartender.
7: Paul Soglin.
6: I'd go to Nick's on State Street, order the BLT so that my partner could get something a little more expensive.
7: Oh, that's sweet. Raj.
6: My
2: wife and I would already be at Michael's Frozen Custard.
7: (laughs) Nice. And Mo Cheeks.
2: Uh, We would go to Madison Chocolate Company and get a few pieces of chocolate and uh, split a little, uh, little, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, root Beer Float. They've got awesome Root Beer Float there. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
7: yes. Okay, now uh, there's another one here. Name your favorite locally produced beverage, Nick.
3: Locally produced beverage? Uh, Rocker Vodka. Oh, you guys don't drink? A currency in this city. Everyone's like, oh, really? I don't even know if that's produced here.
4: I don't drink alcohol. Like, so. Any beverage? Any beverage.
3: I just drink alcohol.
4: <laughs> Sprecher's root beer? Oh,
7: great. Satya Rhodes Conway. Uh, I'm a fan of New Glarus's Sours. Paul Soglin.
6: I think any drink poured by. A Madison bartender is locally produced. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
7: That's, yeah, that counts. That sounds good. <laughs> Raj Shukla.
1: Restoration Cider.
7: Ooh. Nice. <laughs> and Mo Cheeks.
2: Kinkin Coffee. Nice.
7: All right, last one of the lightning round. What's your favorite show to binge? Mm. Starting with Nick. <laughs>
3: Favorite show to binge? Um, The last one? I don't know, I'm a comedian, I got a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) Narcos, I guess. Narcos would be the last one I binged. Thank you, it is a good show.
4: Um, I watch Netflix, I don't watch TV, so um, I I just started watching um, Black Lightning. Yeah, I'm a Marvel Super D.C. fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: All right, sounds good. Satya. I'm currently working my way through the Great British Bake Off.
3: Ooh. <laughs> I've already watched that.
5: <laughs> the, the BBC version too. The BBC version, the very same.
6: Respect. My girlfriend made me do it, but Respect.
0: I know how to bake now.
6: <laughs> Soglin. Because it has so many of my close friends in it, Penny Dreadful. Oh.
7: <laughs> Go ahead, Raj.
1: I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch old Badger basketball games over and over <laughs> and over. And over, and over. <laughs> what a play by flowers.
2: <laughs> Badger basketball. That's right. I'm, I'm uh, constantly watching the West Wing of our generation. Hold on, I'm, I moved up past the West Wing, Madam Secretary is what I'm binging.
8: Excellent lightning round, thank you for that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> is Mike Flowers here? No. Um, he I wish Mike Flowers was here. <laughs> um, Thank you for that, uh, candidates. On to our second round of questions, and the first one of the second round is for Toriana Petaway. Toriana, what specific changes to Madison's public transportation system would you pursue as mayor?
4: Yes, um, I think one of the biggest things that we really need to focus on right now um, with mass rapid transit, um, I would really focus on the exterior parts of the city of Madison. Um, One of the one of my biggest concerns right now is that our communities who are facing the most challenges Absolutely don't have the transportation needs that they they need in the city our current inner city um, Or our city centers have the most access to transportation They don't even have to look at bus schedules so the areas that have the greatest needs who have to take to to three transfers are the areas that I would really want to focus on the most. And those who commute into the cities, I would love to build um, natural transfer points outside of the city area for commuters who are coming in, so that we can free up our streets um, where residents don't have um, resident um, outsiders parking in their their streets. And so commuters could be parking um, at these transfer points and driving in on the um, catching in on the bus.
8: Thank you. I'm not seeing any yellow cards raised after that one, so we will move along to Satya Rhodes-Conway. Satya, in September, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement detained 20 people in Dane County. Understanding that the city cannot interfere with ICE activity, what, if anything, can the city do to support immigrant and Latino communities in crisis?
5: It's a great question, and ICE's actions in Madison were really disturbing. Um, if I had had the opportunity, I would do what Mayor Libischoff did, uh, which is warn the community that ICE was coming so that they could be prepared. But failing that, I think we need to work with uh, community groups to make sure that people are ready to intervene if at all possible and that we are standing up for folks that might be detained. But even beyond that, We need to make sure that we're supporting our immigrant communities in all sorts of ways. And so that means language access, that means supporting entrepreneurs and helping folks in employment, that means working, making sure they have access to education um, and making sure that we really are creating a truly welcoming city. One of the things that I've done in the Mayor's Innovation Project is we produced a report which I helped to write on all of the ways that cities can support their immigrant communities. If you want to go see it, it's up at mayorsinnovation.org. It's got a lot more information and ideas in it.
4: Uh, Yes, Toriana. from my work um, doing um, equity work and racial equity work um, beyond my um, current position in the city of Madison, one of the things that we all need to do as residents in this community if we're really going to our, help our immigrants in this community, recognizing that we do have an ability to get beyond our own neighborhoods. The best thing that we can do for immigrants in this community is really get beyond your neighborhood and meet people and and forge genuine relationships and actually ask them what can i do for you
7: thank you anyone else mo cheeks
2: i just want to acknowledge that what ice uh, did to our community was terrorism right for them to roll through our city and try to round up folks that were not a threat to our community, it created terror in our neighborhoods for so many families. Uh, And so it's incumbent upon us, it's incumbent upon the mayor, it's incumbent upon our city, and us as a community to to watch guard for our neighbors.
7: Paul Soglin, did you have yellow card? Okay, great.
6: It took a couple of months, but last month I was able to finally get a meeting with ICE and confronted them with the chronology of what they did in our community. They didn't apologize for it, but I did get a commitment from them that they would not do it again in terms of their failure to properly notify us. They also made it clear, and they brought up Mayor Schaaf's name from Oakland, that they will not give advance notice to the Madison police or to myself out of fear that we would notify the community of their involvement in RAID, and of course, they are correct. We would do that.
5: Satya, would you like to rebut? Thanks. The only other thing I want to say is that one of the best ways to keep people off of ICE's radar is to keep them out of the system. So we need to be working to make sure that folks don't get involved with the judicial system to begin with, and that means um, making sure that folks are not getting arrested or reported for things that aren't actually uh, a danger to the community. Um, So keep people out of the system, keep them off of ICE's radar, and keep them here where they belong.
7: Thank you, uh, the next question is for Paul Soglin.
3: Never
7: mind. <laughs> Mr. chance,
3: dude. It wasn't a rebuttal, I was just gonna say uh, looking at new ideas of policing and community policing and maybe having the police operate like the fire department rather than a patrolling entity throughout the city where we have stations set up throughout the city And then during that downtime, they can have additional training, uh, learn how to de-escalate situations better, for lack of a better term, hand-to-hand combat so we're not shooting children who are having a bad psychedelic trip. How progressive do we want to be?
7: Okay, the next question is for Paul Soglin. Madison has pursued a housing-first strategy in addressing homelessness where families and individuals are placed in apartments with support services located on site. One example of that strategy is Tree Lane Family Apartments on the west side, which has experienced its share of challenges. How would you evaluate the implementation of that strategy at Tree Lane, and what would you change about it for similar developments in the future?
6: To date, we have uh, built a thousand units. As most people are aware, the vast majority of those efforts have gone with with very little problems or incidents. There was a mistake made in terms of Tree Lane. The uh, Heartland organization that manages it along with the city staff attempted to get the most challenged families housed there. And with so many challenged families, with so many issues, it has turned out that we are in a situation where the case management and the support services are not sufficient. We've had two meetings with Carmen Porco, who manages Packers Northport, a housing complex that had similar challenges when he first took over. We are now engaged in a series of of, uh, programmatic changes that is going to fix the situation and really make it great housing for these families and provide them the case support that they need. Thank you. We're not backing down on this.
5: Satya? Thanks. I want to broaden the question because we have an affordable housing crisis here in Madison, and we need to come up with a whole range of creative solutions, not just building new housing and subsidizing developers, but thinking about how do we uh, re- improve existing affordable housing so we can retain it as affordable? How do we build units throughout the community? How do we look at creative solutions like the tiny house village in my neighborhood and replicate that? Austin, Texas and Eugene, Oregon are having success at a much larger scale than we are, and we need to do more.
7: Thank you. Did I see another yellow card?
5: Yep.
7: Toriana, you're out of challenges.
3: want bar- <laughs> borrow my-
7: no, I'm... Going to <laughs> so Nick's, Nick, are you giving one to Toriana? Sure, she okay. to use it. All right,
4: go for it. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, you you, you me, um, On the affordable housing um, issues that we have in the city and particularly in the Tree Lane um, community, um, I, I totally agree with, with Sadia and the points that she bring up. Um, if we're not approaching Housing First from a holistic point of view, um, these issues are going to continue to happen. It's not enough just to partner with our community partners, um, such as what we've done in North, North Park. These families are living in crisis. It's an employment issue. It's a transportation issue, and we have to go beyond what we're already doing. Raj?
1: Mayor Sagan's already sort of outlined the failures at Tree Lane, and Satya has articulated and Toriana have articulated a couple different options. One thing that we aren't talking about that other cities are talking about, cities not so far away from us, Minneapolis, Grand Rapids, we are talking about looking at our zoning codes, period. In Minneapolis, they're eliminating single-family zoning. In Grand Rapids, they've done a version of that. In places like Palo Alto, they're enforcing minimum density rules for new developments. Now, those aren't necessarily right for Madison, but the conversation around affordable housing has to be more creative than simply creating a roof for somebody and then walking
2: away.
7: Thank you. No cheats.
2: I appreciate um, everybody's ideas that they're contributing here. I just want to expand the conversation of affordable housing to recognize that everyone deserves to have the dignity of housing that is affordable. And uh, right now, too many individuals, too many families in our community are struggling to be able to afford to live in our city. Hearing stories of uh, single mothers and teachers um, not being able to stay in Madison is an enormous problem. As mayor, I'll double the affordable housing fund with an increased emphasis on workforce affordable housing uh, to ensure that working families can afford to stay in this city.
7: Paul Soglin, would you like uh, a chance to add a rebuttal?
6: Tiny Homes is not going to do it for families with four and five children. Families with four and five children, with one adult in the household, need the kind of support that our commitment to Housing First brings. And it's not just housing. We're focused on quality child care. We are locating on transportation routes. We are focused on collaborating with the school district. And most importantly, we're making sure that they have access to health care and, wherever possible, quality child care. This is a failure that the city had coming into 2011.
7: Thank you. Our next question is for Raj Shukla. In their Roadmap to Equity, Kids Forward outlined three goals to help Dane County reduce Madison's persistent racial disparities, and one of them was to expand and improve supports to prepare children of color for their school careers. Mm As mayor, what steps will you take to help meet this goal?
1: I think this is a gap in service, gap in services that could have one of the greatest impacts according to their research on reducing the achievement gap or if you look at it a different way, addressing the educational deficit that many kids are brought into when they reach school age. If we, and this, there isn't a dedicated funding source, this will take creativity, this will take leadership, this will take collaboration. If we focus on the years from zero to three, when the most neurological development is happening within a child, and provide families with the services they need that include, uh, you know, kind of academic kind of services, helping families read to their children, but also include include nutrition and healthcare and other supports, I think we can do um, a tremendous job at shrinking that gap.
7: Thank you. Any yellow cards? Mo Cheeks.
2: Uh, Our schools make Madison. um, And having young kids in our community have hope for their future is one of the most important things that we're gonna do as a community. And as mayor, um, it's not enough to say, well, that's the school's responsibility. These are our kids. One of the things that, uh, that we need to have is a cradle to career, a comprehensive plan for how we're gonna collaborate as a community to ensure that every step along the way a child is prepared for success and, uh, and has investments that ensure that we're raising a high bar for all of our kids to be successful.
8: Thank you. Uh, I think I saw another card up there from Paul Soglin.
6: Yes, there's three things I'd like to point out. One. There is nothing that the school district can do that is as important as what we do as a community that supports out of school time. Most of children's waking hours is out of school. So we have collaborated with the district, and we are now focused on what happens on vacations, what happens after hours. That is why we're increasing the funding for neighborhood centers. That is why we went to the district and said to them, why are you not taking advantage of summer food programs? Thank you. Uh, Rebuttal?
8: Okay. Moving on, this question is for Mo Cheeks. Madison's comprehensive plan estimates that 70,000 new residents will move to the city by 2040, and 40,000 new housing units will, need, will be needed to accommodate them. What strategies would you pursue in housing policy to address that growth?
2: Um, that's an awesome question, and one that I regret that I used the rebuttal for earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, what, one of the most challenging things that we face as a city is growing responsibly. We've seen uh, increase in, in the growth in our city because this is a desirable, desirable place to live. Um, uh, in order for us to grow with the, the sort of pace of growth while also maintaining our neighborhoods, we need to make sure that, as I said earlier, we're investing in affordable housing across the entire spectrum and that we're working with the private sector to spur growth that meets what our neighborhoods expect to be able to to see. Now housing can't be uh, disassociated from transportation. We have to make sure that uh, we're investing in uh, regional transportation and public transportation options that make it easier for people to have access to jobs. Uh, That's the sort of work that I've been doing on the council and I'm extremely excited to be able to focus on that as mayor.
8: Thank you, Nick Hart.
2: Uh, I'm really just interested what's going to be happening in 2022
3: when the town of Madison, which I found out that I live in, um, (laughs) I want to know what's going to happen in 2022 when the town of Madison is annexed into the city of Madison and 76% of the people who live in the 6,000 residents are renters and what's going to happen there.
8: Mo, did you want to rebut? that at all? Yeah, it wasn't
2: really you have 30 service. seconds if you'd like to. Yeah, um, so once we annex the city, we're going to provide, um, we're going to have to provide services to those residents. We're going to have to make sure that, they're ha- that they have the same level of service uh, as, as Madison residents. It's going to be um, exciting for you to become a Madison resident. <laughs> <Madison. laughs>
3: if I don't get priced out. Excellent.
8: This next question is for Nick Hart. Uh, All right. Nick, in parks like Olbrick, Brittingham, and Wingra, the city is partnering with for-profit businesses to offer services and revitalize underused spaces. The city has also undertaken public redesign processes for several other parks. What should the city be doing with its parks that it isn't doing right now?
3: Uh, using them? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that there is in a... Uh I don't know. I just—I was just—it was brought to my attention that they want to kind of tear up James Madison Park, which I think is a mistake, just to put in parking spots. Like, what are the parking garages for three blocks away? I don't know. Keep using the parks, guys. Go to them. Okay. Thank you. Is that good?
8: <laughs> what? Any more? Kind of a strange question. Satya Rhodes Conway. <laughs>
5: Our parks are a a tremendous resource here in Madison, and just one of the things that I'd like to look at is how we can use them to help better manage our stormwater. Uh, We had some really serious problems with flooding earlier this year, and we need to do a lot more to keep the rain where it falls. Uh, Parks are an obvious part of the solution because they're already um, permeable surface, but we ought to be looking at every inch of land that the city owns to see how we can make it more permeable and talking about what private sector can do as well.
3: Thank you.
8: (laughs) Nick, did you want 30 seconds? I agree with her. (laughs) Fabulous. Hey, that's round two of questions, everybody. Let's give them a quick round of applause. All right. Lightning round number two is upon us. We're going to start this round with Satya Rhodes-Conway. Bring it. Satya, what book are
5: you reading
8: right now? Or what was the last book you finished?
5: Uh, So I took three days over New Year's and my partner Amy, Amy and I went to the cabin and I read two and a half books in three days. I read Providence by Ann Leike, it's a science fiction book, and I read uh, Gather Her Round by Alex Bledsoe, he's a local author, and I'm in the middle of The Secret Life of Trees. Paul Soglin.
6: America's Game, and it is a book about the role of Americans, not just from people from the United States, but from... South America, Central America, who play baseball and the challenges and the racism that they confronted and the difficulties uh, in regards to language in particular, which ended up with a lot of great players like Roberto Clemente being mocked. Uh, and, and uh, Their story is actually uh, in some ways more profound than the discrimination of players who are African-American in this country.
1: Raj Shukla. I'm rereading a book called Bowling Alone, which is about the decline of community institutions and how we might rekindle them to
2: do great things in this country. Motion book. Uh, I'm reading Becoming by Michelle Obama like everyone else did over the holidays. Nick Hart. Uh, The the last book I read was The
3: Black's Law Dictionary. (laughs) Toriana Petaway.
4: I'm reading The Color of Law, um, and um, the reason why I'm reading that book is because uh, I'm a historian, and um, it's uh, absolutely important for me to continue my journey on... um, the constitutionality of America's history as a person of color and how those laws have been applied to my existence in America. And if I'm gonna continue to work that I do, I want to be able to consistently deconstruct that.
8: Satya Rhodes Conway, name your favorite Madison Park. If you feel the need in this round to say why, please limit that to 15 seconds or less.
5: (laughs) How can you pick just one? I'm really partial to Warner Park because I represented it when I served on the city council.
6: Paul Soglin. Hoyt Park. It's next door and it's so quiet. Raj. I really like Central Park because I
1: like music and I like food. <laughs> Bo.
2: Um, my favorite park in uh, Madison is Allied Park, which is a new park that we created in the Allied neighborhood that Miss Sina helped create. Um, it has the best basketball court in the city and has uh, one of the first neighborhoods that has Wi-Fi uh, in the park. Nick Hart. Uh, I've lived in the Tenney neighborhood for 15
3: years, so Tenney Park and James Madison Park are my favorite. Toriana.
4: Even though I don't live on the south side anymore, my park, because I live the majority of my time on the south side, is Penn Park.
8: Satya, final lightning round question of the night. Badgers, Mallards, Radicals, Forward Madison FC, or
6: Mad Roland Dolls?
5: Oh man, Mad Roland Dolls, no question. Paul Soglin.
6: Mad rolling (laughs) dolls. Raj. Do I have to answer this? Please.
1: (laughs) If you can't stand the heat. (laughs) What a play by flowers. (laughs) Badgers. It's (laughs) badgers.
2: Oh. Mallards, because it's the only one that my daughter's been to so far, and she, like, she, she's three, and she runs around the room and pretends she's playing baseball. So
8: right.
2: Nick? Raj, don't let him talk to you like that,
4: man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madison FC. The boy, Nick.
4: I'm going to have to say the... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> The Mallards. <laughs> that was painful. Thanks, everybody.
7: All right, now we're going to move on to our final round of questions. For this round, the first question goes to Paul Soglin. Madison was once a national leader with its recycling program. Today, many other cities have citywide composting programs. Reducing food waste is seen as one tactic to reduce global warming. Where do you stand on Madison's Sanitation and Recycling Program and what improvements would you want to make?
6: Well, Madison still has uh, and still is one of the leaders in, in recycling. The Food Waste Disposal Program ended up being energy inefficient. We were spending more money individually collecting from households than was really being gained, whereas if we were to work with commercial ventures, large grocery stores, restaurants, far more energy can be consumed given the output to collect it. And so we're going to be working with the Madison Metropolitan Sewage District, which is already operating biodigesters. And it's our hope that we're going to get as much of that uh, food refuge uh, into their biodigesters and therefore uh, accomplish even more in terms of efficiency.
7: Thank you. Anyone yellow card? All right, now the next question is for Satya Rhodes-Conway. Excuse me, for Raj Shukla. Uh, The city has been increasing its efforts to gather diverse public input outside of traditional city meetings. The comprehensive plan resident panels of the city's African-American, Hmong, Ho-Chunk nation, transgender, Latinx, Elderly, youth, homeless, and formerly, formerly incarcerated populations are one example of this. How would you continue or expand the efforts to hear from the Madisonians who can't always show up at public meetings?
1: Sure. I think, one, um, there obviously there are ways that you can change when meetings are held or where they're held to make them more convenient, depending on who you're trying to reach. But one thing that I would like to do is add more youth voices to all city committees and add more youth voices in general to government. Um, There are hurdles to adding specific people or specific classes of people to different committees, but I'd like to get around those. I'd like to find out what we can do to make sure that youth voices in particular um, and youth voices of all backgrounds are included in decision-making.
5: Satya. Can I borrow a card? I think uh, this is a critical question because we do not do a good job at community engagement here in Madison. It's not reasonable to expect people to show up and do their three minutes at a meeting. I want to keep the resident panels uh, and continue them on and use them for all sorts of input, but the most important thing is that we not just go out to people and say, here's our plan, give us reactions. We need to be going out to people and saying, what's your life like? What do you need from your city? What are your issues? And we need to listen to that.
8: I see that Nick Hart has uh, passed another one of his cards over to Toriana Pettaway. He's so
4: gracious and I'm honored. Um, this is an area of expertise of mine, and um, so I am not interested as your next mayor to have people come downtown. One of the things that I would do as a solution to how we engage not only youth but all residents and to how we better govern from a grassroots perspective is go where people are already meeting. But not only that. One of the things that I definitely want to do, because our youth is our next generation, and they should be better civically engaged, we need to be...
8: Thank you very much. Uh, Raj, you have 30 seconds to respond, if you'd like.
1: I think the point Sasha makes is a really good one. And part of our part of our issues, I think, around transportation, part of our issues confronting big questions, period, is that... We don't do a good job of actually giving folks that have the most at stake the power to make changes in their lives. The city's role should be to find ways to give agency to the people who are most impacted by the failures of the city. That's how we make change and that's how we overcome some of the challenges that we've created for ourselves sometimes.
8: Thank you. Next question to Mo Cheeks. Madison experienced historic flooding this summer, which brought to the forefront questions about stormwater management and lake levels. Evaluate Madison's practices in this area and share what you would do differently as mayor.
2: So this, uh, this summer we f- saw flooding in a way that um, really shocked the system. I think all of us recognize that you know, our isthmus and our lakes are essential to our city. Um, Uh, That affected neighbors in my district. It affected myself. Uh, One of the things that, you know, when we look at such a complex issue as flooding um, and stormwater management, the reality is it requires a level of collaboration uh, from the city and the county and the state um, that that not only needs to happen now, needs to happen 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, And so I I would say that, you know, the most important specific thing that we need to do is make sure that our, um, that Our community is at the table, but our stakeholders are working collaboratively. Um, As mayor, one of the things I'll do is uh, add uh, someone in the mayor's office that's going to be specifically focused on environmental policy and ensure that that person is helping our city make decisions uh, with an environmental lens, because that's going to be important. Just as people are important, our planet is important to all of our decisions.
8: Raj Shukla, 30 seconds.
2: Yeah, what happened
1: this summer wasn't a shock to scientists, and it wasn't a shock to anyone paying attention to what's going on on our planet right now. It shouldn't have been a shock to anybody sitting on this safe, may, maybe with the exception of Nick.
3: Don't go there, dude. <laughs> I went there, buddy. We we'll live well, two later. blocks from Tinney Park, man. I <laughs> saw that coming.
1: I, w- I sat in the council chambers as a university uh, experts told the council, this was in 2015, you know, told the council what would happen if the rains that we experienced this summer had occurred over Madison. And they, they showed us flooding, a lot like what we saw. This shouldn't have been uh, a surprise. We should not constantly be reacting to the changes that we're seeing, and we should be a little more, have a little more foresight in how we govern. Thank
8: you. Thank uh, you. Would you like to rebut?
2: Only to acknowledge that a shock. Oh, sorry, Sorry. hold
6: on one second. Paul Soglin has a card. up. I think we have to understand that it was one rainstorm. There were two separate events. The flooding that occurred on the west side was very different than the flooding that occurred in the center part of the city and in Monona. The key fact is this, that the county and its lakes commissions have refused over the years to take the necessary steps to lower the lake level of Lake Mendota, which requires other actions all the way down to Stoughton. And unless the people in this room get to work and put pressure on the county, it's not gonna be fixed.
8: Thank you. Mo, you still have 30 seconds.
2: Um, What our city can't afford is pointing fingers in crisis. Um, When I say a shock to the system, I mean, you know, no one expects to have to be out bailing out their neighbors on any given Sunday, on any given uh, uh, weekend. And so um, when we talk about adding someone uh, to the mayor's office that's going to be proactively working on this, that's bringing the appropriate sense of urgency to this issue to ensure that we're investing in keeping our community safe and protecting the most important assets that we have, which is our, our land and our lakes. Thank you.
8: Next question is to Nick Hart. All right. What can the mayor of Madison do to address climate change and what policies would your administration
3: pursue? Pass. <laughs> There's no pass. Someone more qualified can answer that question.
5: I'll take his time. Uh, I'll take it.
8: Satya, you you can... uh,
5: Thank you. Can I reclaim next time, too? In all seriousness, uh, a year or so ago, I write a report that's about 50 pages long that has all of the things that municipalities can do to reduce climate change emissions. We have to look at every single one of those options for Madison. The biggest emitters are our transportation sector and building energy use. And the city can do a lot on its own properties, but the challenge is moving out into the community and making it possible for folks to take transit to work and to school and to shopping, and, but also to make sure that we are making it possible for, for folks to reduce their energy use in their homes and their businesses. And I don't believe in saying that it's your individual responsibility to figure this out. I believe that we need to change the structures and the policies and the infrastructure to make it possible for folks to do the right thing for our climate. And it is up to cities to lead. Nobody else is leading. We have to do it.
8: Raj Shukla.
1: I have not written a 50-page report on what we can do What we have done is pass legislation in this city, committing the city to 100% renewable energy. We've commissioned experts to actually write a plan for the city and how the city government can get there within the next 10 years. And we will work to make sure the entire community, I am making this pledge tonight, to make sure the entire community is carbon free by 2045. This is a planetary emergency. Our city can lead. We are leading now under the leadership of my committee, and we will do
6: a lot more when I'm mayor.
8: Paul Sogland.
6: When Donald Trump repudiated the Paris Accords, 300 U.S. mayors on behalf of 300 cities came together and said, we are not stopping. We are going to continue as municipalities and where we have favorable state governments, do the kinds of things that need to be done. We are going to green our fleet, and I think you might have seen an article about that in the Cap Times just two weeks ago. We are going to use renewables. We are going to look to having an all-electric bus fleet uh, when we create our new bus barn, wherever it's going to be located. I guess time's up.
8: Great. Uh, Nick, you have 30 seconds to respond if you'd like.
6: I agree with
3: everything everybody said. I think uh, it was well put.
7: Okay, thank you. The next question is for Toriana Padway. Madison is a great city for biking, but there are gaps in the infrastructure that keep some people from doing so. What would be your priority as mayor in developing Madison's network of bike lanes and trails?
4: Uh, that's a wonderful question. Thank you for asking. Actually, um, in the last couple of years, I've actually been a huge participant participant in our B-Cycle expansion um, in the city of Madison. One of the things that I would do as mayor is continue to work with our current um, B-Cycle committee to make sure that we are actually expanding um, the use of bikes in our city, and not just for those who are currently participating in the use of B-Cycle, but those who are avid bike riders. And um, basically, look at what we're not connecting in our current bike paths, but for those who aren't on bikes, um, one of the things that I did with the Dave Trowbridge is um, basically help him do surveys with our underutilized users in the community. Why aren't you using bikes? What are, what's, what's keeping you from getting on bikes? Those are the types of things that I want to make sure that we're continuously doing for our underutilized communities and expand those efforts so that we can have better services, better paths for all residents in our community to take advantage of um, our paths.
7: Thank you, Uh, would anyone like to respond? Okay, the next question, and actually the last question is for Satya Rhodes-Conway. Issues relating to public safety, including police officers in schools, car thefts, gun violence, regularly come up in public conversations. Is Madison a safe city,
5: and how would you assess its public safety challenges? It's a great question. Madison is a safe city, but that doesn't mean that we don't have some challenges that we need to work on my approach on public safety issues is to look for the root causes and see what we can do there so that we don't have trouble downstream i'd like to look at what minneapolis is doing for example they have an office of violence prevention where they've hired people to be in the schools and in the community to work with kids make sure they're connected to opportunity and education and to prevent problems uh, before they happen. Uh, we also need to look at what are the impacts of addiction and the opioid epidemic on crime, and make sure that we're providing adequate mental health services so that we are preventing, again, problems before they even happen. Uh, it's obvious that we, need, we care about the safety of our community, uh, but I'm not interested in just punishing people. I'm interested in solving problems.
7: Anyone like to mo?
2: Uh, uh, I. I appreciate uh, Satya's remarks. I think getting at the root cause is essential. Uh, that's why I took on this issue a couple of years ago to lead the city's investment into uh, the, the most significant proactive violence reduction plan that we've made, investing over $400,000 into peer support and reentry support, recognizing that a preponderance of uh, violence and crime that exists in our city um, is happening from folks that we, we know they're on the bubble. We can predict this. And so as mayor, we need a comprehensive plan to, to get at as uh, I agree with Satin, to get at root causes that's the work I've been doing and that's what I'll continue to do
7: thank you uh, Nick
2: yes I just I want to see more energy put into
3: community policing models uh, if you want to provide stability in all neighborhoods of our city emphasize safety while promoting and protecting equity the police throughout the, uh, the city need to establish a uh, current environment of trust, a history of trust,
6: and a future of trust.
7: Paul Soglin.
6: To really have a great community and a great safe community, we need to focus in five areas, and not a single one of them is law enforcement. It's housing, access to transportation, quality child care, health care, and focusing on education, and job development. And then we have to break out of the mold and trust the people of our community. We have to support peer support programs which have been so effective and which some people sitting at this table have voted against additional funding that I recommended.
7: Okay.
5: Satya, would you like
7: to rebut?
5: I haven't been on the city council for four years. <laughs> I, I, in all seriousness, um, it, this is a critical issue and we, we need to, uh, in addition to what I already said, we need to work on the trust gap between the police and the community. And as mayor, that's something that will be a top priority for me. Um, it, it, things are not good right now. And while we have great frontline officers, we need to make sure that the leadership of the police department is working with the rest of the city to make sure that we have the trust that we need in our communities.
8: Thank you very much. Let's move into uh, 30 second closing remarks. We are running a little early, so feel free to take like 45 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seriously, seriously, let's change it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make these closing remarks a minute. Uh, we will start at the other end of the table and work this way. Uh, the microphone is yours, Paul Saglin.
6: Thank you. The conversation started out, and throughout the evening we've had uh, a number of questions which in some way focused on disparity within our community. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that we have closed the gaps or that we aren't facing challenges in that area. But I think it's very important if we are gonna go into the future that we understand what has worked and what has made a difference in unemployment levels, in household median income, in uh, getting access to health insurance. And the role of the mayor is working with the city agencies and working with other units of government, though I must point out one of the difficult challenges of being mayor is if someone else, even if it's a public official, has made a mistake and is not responding to say something. To be silent is to betray the trust of the people who elected you. I don't enjoy being critical but I am not gonna keep my my mouth quiet, whether it's a Republican or it's a Democrat in office, if they have failed to meet their obligations, and for example, may have allowed companies that have more of an interest in peers and access and high water levels than the better concern of all the people of our community. Satya Rhodes-Conway.
5: Thank you. Thanks Jason and Katie and the Cap Times and all of you for sitting here tonight and listening to us. You've heard a lot of talk about a lot of issues. I'm running for mayor because it's time to not just talk, but to actually do. I think we need a mayor who has the political courage to implement solutions and is not thinking about the next election. I am proud to be endorsed by a long list of folks who well, I will not tell you all of them, but Representative Lisa Subeck, Kelda Roys, Rep, former Reps Burceau, Pope and Spencer Black, Pam Porter, Brick Kudeback, Vicki Selko, Katie Bellinger, Sarah Davis, all sorts of people you can look on my website. Um, I believe that I have the experience and vision necessary to lead Madison into the future, and I hope that tonight I have earned your vote on February 19th. Thank you so much for caring about our city and being here. Let's make sure that Madison is a place where everyone has the opportunity to thrive. Toriana Pedaway,
4: Thank you um, for um, this evening. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, this was a wonderful debate, wonderful questions. Um, We are all Madison, and I just want to say, I am leading on grassroots efficacy and bringing back what's important to all residents in this community. Um, I have not only worked for the city of Madison, this is my second time working for the city of Madison, but I've also worked for state government for over 20 years. And what's really important about my experience in in bringing back what I know what needs to happen is trust, transparency, and really um, bringing back the issues from your lens, um, from an equitable lens, and transparency. Affordable housing is not affordable in this community. Transportation doesn't go everywhere in this community that needs to go in this community. Shared prosperity really needs to be shared um, because that's what got us here um, at the beginning of what everyone really understands. Um, That is a shared value that all residents really want to have is prosperity. And those are the things that I want to make sure that we do in this community. I have the solutions to bring this about, and I want to make sure that we lead in a way that is innovative with smart ideas that have not been challenged. I'm not risk-averse, and I am not complacent. So I want to do things different. Our government is risk-averse and complacent. I am your next mayor. Take a chance on me.
3: Nick Hart. 10 to 20 (laughs) percent. In the primary, that's all that votes. Uh, So get your friends involved, get everybody involved. Um, I'm not here to call out anybody on this stage. I respect everybody on the stage. They're putting their necks out to serve the public, to serve their community. I'm not calling out anyone here, but I am calling out the city of Madison. How progressive do you want to be and how progressive do you want to continue pretending to be? That's right. I'll be at the comedy club later tonight, if you guys want (laughs) to Mo
8: Cheeks.
2: Um, uh, First, I want to thank you all for being here. It's a tremendous commitment uh, to civic participation for you to take your your evening to be a part of this. Thank you to the the Cap Times and to the Barrymore for hosting us. Um, I'm running for mayor of Madison to expand what it looks like and it feels like to be a Madisonian. Um, As we work together to make this city a more inclusive, more safe, more innovative place, we have the opportunity to lean in on the strength of our city as uh, a place with you know, one of the highest densities of millennials per capita in working in our workforce, of the uh, highest um, uh, high-tech job density uh, in, in, in the nation as a city, um, Madison is moving forward in a way that uh, we have the opportunity to lead if we ensure Equitable economic growth along the way, and as a minority business leader in this city, and as an alder, I'm ex- super. I- I'm I'm extremely excited to lean into that. Um, uh, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to be a part of the you know hundreds of manistonians uh, thousands I guess at this point that have already joined this campaign, I want to encourage you uh, to go to mocheeks.com um, and and sign up to volunteer. Uh, don't forget the election is on February 19th, but if you're in this room, you already know that. So that's for anyone who's listening to this sometime later. Um, Thank you all so much. This is is amazing. Thank you.
8: Raj
6: Shukla.
1: I wanna end where we began tonight. We are what we do in Madison, not what we think we know, not what we campaign on year after year with few results. We are what we do in Madison. And what I have done in Madison is bring businesses together with activists, with students, with seniors, with brown people, with white people, to reach for the most ambitious goals around climate change in the state with other communities since following suit, 100% renewable energy. What I do is work with local groups across Wisconsin to protect our water, and I do it by setting a bold vision, motivating a talented team, and making very difficult choices. We've talked about a lot of them tonight. We have huge decisions to make around affordable housing. We have huge decisions to make around transit. We have huge progress that is absolutely urgently necessary to make around the racial divisions that exist in this city. But we are what we do. We can make a city that is equitable. We can make a city that is sustainable. We can make a city that is vibrant for everyone that lives here. It's just up to us to do it together. I urge you to find out more. I want all of your votes. I don't expect I, I but I expect that you're going to leave here with a lot of questions. So head to rajshukla.com, r a j s h u k l a.com. Learn more about what we're building. Join what we're trying to build here. Chip in if you can. But by all means, as Nick Hart says, get involved in your democracy.
8: Uh, thank you so much to all the candidates. Please, uh, everyone, join me for thanking them.
0: Thank you for listening to Cap Times Talks. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. We also have a podcast dedicated to sharing conversations from the Idea Fest called Live from Cap Times Idea Fest. So be sure to check that out. Thanks for tuning in.